Hello and welcome back. You're joining us today for our 22nd episode of Opportunity Thrives. I'm your host, Jason Mitchell. And on this show, we are committed to better supporting the needs of today's secondary students. Through interviews with students, teachers, administrators, technologists, and education influencers, we wanna understand what's working in our schools today, what's not, and how we can impact positive and lasting change. We would love to hear your suggestions and feedback on our show. Please click in the podcast notes to leave us a review, to provide any input, or just send us some questions. You can also reach out to us at info at opportunitythrives.com. On our show today, we have the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Adam Bayal. Adam is the Director of Technology and Media Services for the Newton County School System in Newton, Georgia. He was recently recognized as one of the top 30 K-12 IT influencers that are worth a follow in 2020, according to the EdTech Magazine. So thank you so much for joining us today, Adam. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about your background? Well, first, thanks for having me um, on your podcast. I mean, it's really good. One thing that I can say that I'm just so happy to come from all this COVID and the pandemic is all this content that's out there brought a lot of people together around the same problem. So we're really able to work together on these various solutions. For me, I've been in education, um, gosh, for 17 years now, started off as a high school science teacher, you know, and I've just always had a knack for using technology in, in the classroom to enhance instruction, to get students involved. And it's just kind of been a natural progression from a teacher to instructional coach around the areas of technology, director of technology and um, innovation in this district in Kansas City, to now being back here in uh, Newton County, where I was teaching um, as a director of technology. So it's been a really uh, fun journey, and I couldn't see myself doing anything else right now. Excellent. That's great. I love how you're crowdsourcing your ideas and, and uh, sharing them and learning from others. So uh, as an education leader, how are you addressing these really unparalleled changes in education? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I've, I've tried to tell people, you know, you've had to have a plan in place prior to all of this, you know, whether it was your mm -hmm. plan to go one to one or support your users. And it's just really trusting the plan that you have and being agile enough to make those changes where you have to. Uh, you're not going to get everything right. And uh, that's what I, I've been trying to tell my team. And, and it may sound a little like uh, not, you know, me making light of it, but I tell them, you know, it's not that serious because. Yeah. There's other things going on. We're going to do our job. We're going to work our plan. We're going to make adjustments. But, you know, you can't go home and beat yourself up about this stuff because we're trying our best and everyone is. So, it's, you know, people are understanding uh, we're trying our best. We're working it through. But that's a big thing. You know, just the world is bigger than your nine to five. I heard a great term that somebody said called failing forward. And I have done more than my fair share of that <laughs> <laughs> during this time. Yeah, because this this is our first pandemic, you know, unless you were around in 1918, if that's the case, it's time to retire. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you, I mean, you were a teacher and, and you definitely look through that lens um, and you work with a lot of teachers. And what we know is right now that teachers have a ton of competing agendas when it comes to instruction. And I, I was talking to a group and they were thinking about things like equity of access, student engagement, uh, the learning gaps that their students came back with, student stress and trauma, and all of that in addition to their regular instruction. So what do you think teachers should or could prioritize right now when it comes to curriculum needs? And how do you think that might change over the rest of the course of this year? 
Wow. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's so many. I mean, even as a parent, I mean, I look at uh, my students. I have a, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, six-year-old, just turned six in kindergarten, and I have a nine-year-old in, in fourth grade. So I have that perspective of also looking at it as a parent of, of a student, of ch- children who are in my district, and also as a quote-unquote central office employee trying to implement things and support teachers. So it's And I've seen those struggles that my kids are having, and I know there are so many issues that our students are facing just on a regular school year. I mean, take the social change that's happening in our country off the table. Take COVID-19 off the table. Just in a regular year, kids have issues. Our adults have issues. So for me, the the most important thing is that self um, check on your personal health, because if you are and you mentioned it, you know, that whole SEL component, that is so essential because you can't learn. You can't do your job if you're not centered. So you have to make sure that you have to do those check in. I tell my my students, my teachers, check in with those your students, make sure they're OK, because they're not hearing. You know, you can't teach a kid sight words if, they, if they're not right. You can't teach kids about the 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 life cycle of, of a of a butterfly if they're not, you know, there. And you can't teach if you're not mentally there. You can't support teachers and technology if you're not there. So definitely self-help, self mental health is so important in this profession and what we're doing right now because we are getting asked to do a lot. Um, and the lines between work and home are getting blurred. I mean, that's when the, the good thing about working from home is you can now have the ability to work without being in, in close proximity to other people. But by working from home, you've also blurred that line of what's your personal time to take care of yourself and what's your time to work in, in your job. So you have to have those balance and, and you have to stay centered. So that's really that focus that I, I hope my team and the teachers in my district are really focusing in on. And that's so important to take time to to <laughs> be, be centered. I think all of us uh, need to get continually remind ourselves to do that. You're clearly a leader in your space. Uh, what are you seeing that's working well right now with your district? Or even if you look down into your school, or um, you're a thought leader in this field. So even elsewhere, when it comes to digital curriculum, who's doing it well? You know what? One thing that I can say is a lot of the companies are now listening to the consumers. One of the pet peeves I've always had with content creators of of curriculum out there is uh, we're we've been forced to use what's available and make ourselves uh, fit into whatever the company has has created for us. But now with this pandemic is given because we're always kind of forced to meet this uh, state test. And so the day was so rigid and structured. Now with this change of, of teaching and learning, it's given us a chance to reimagine what that looks like, whether it's going to be asynchronous or synchronous learning, whether you want your students to have something that's self-paced and being able to really kind of build a build something for your system. It's not a one size fits all model. And that's what we're seeing. We all have the same problems, but we have different students and different issues in our own uh, various school systems. And so a lot of the companies are now starting to really listen to the school districts and kind of cater to their needs a little bit better. Well, I, I want to dovetail off of that because you, you've talked a little bit about the, the different stakeholders, the parents, the teachers, and the students. And you've also talked about it, how the, how it's necessary to sort of customize that locally. So what is your district doing to navigate these challenges that worked well? And, and how does that look and feel for one of your students or a parent or a teacher? 
Well, what we've tried to do is really listen to our community and not just, you know, draw that line and say we're not going to change. One thing that we know with the with our COVID numbers, they fluctuated throughout. Sometimes it was higher. Uh, we initially were planning to have our students face to face and virtual, but we noticed we had an uptick right before the start of our school year. So we had to push our school start date back. But then we gave our, our community options. Our parents had the opportunity to send their students back face to face. So, hey, if you feel comfortable with everything going on, your kids can come back face to face, be traditional school, um, of course, mass social distancing, all that stuff. But then we also um, wanted to do, give kids that virtual option. And this was going to be that synchronous component where we had teachers that were going to be virtual teachers and teach those students in real time utilizing Zoom and Canvas, which are learning management platform which is very essential, something that I'm so happy I've been pushing for the past four years in my district and finally got everybody on board right before the pandemic. And they're like, thank you so much, Adam. I see, see, I told you it would be worth it. But, you know, we're doing that. So we also realize that not all of our students are going to be able to be at the computer at a traditional school day based on their home environment. So uh, we're doing some self-paced where they can kind of hop in and, and do the work and get done. And that's something that I'm happy that we're moving in that direction because I can definitely see like some kind of self-paced learning here to stay. It's going to open up more options for school systems to give courses offering to students, course offerings to students that you don't normally have. You know, if you want, want to teach Japanese and you don't have a teacher that can teach Japanese, well, now they can do it at self-paced and still get that foreign language credit. So I definitely think a lot of this stuff is here to stay. It's about, it's about seeing how that's going to work when things, quote unquote, get back to normal. Well, you started talking about the the bigger picture on there, and, and I'm going to uh, continue down that path. So given what we experienced in the spring and now what we're learning in the fall, from a, a, a big picture perspective, what's the short list of things that you think might become a part of our best practices for education? And maybe that's something like a, a policy or a strategy or even expectations, and even after the pandemic is gone. Gosh, um, I, I, th <laughs> I think one of the things that I think is just a huge conversation uh, that we have going on right now is is just the connectivity. That's that's something that I think is is bigger than K twelve. Is definitely something, and you know, we're going through right now the a unique election cycle. I just hope that, however, the dust settles on this, that everyone realizes that this connectivity is something that's super super important because this is going to determine not only how people learn, it, it's also tied to health, healthcare. I mean, um, you can do your uh, doctor's appointments now, have a video appointment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so all these things rely on connectivity and we can provide all the computers for the kids, you know, to have one to one and all that kind of stuff. But if they can't get on the Internet, if they can't stream content, if they can't upload content, I mean, you're going to have your haves and have nots. And you mentioned the equity component earlier. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's a huge thing because we often see it happen in those rural areas, in areas where you're lower income. And that's going to continue to widen that gap with the haves and have nots. So hopefully that's something that people realize and can really get behind and realize this is not just a K-12 issue. No, you're right. It's a much bigger issue than that. So uh, th that's a, a great perspective on that. All right. So I'm going to ask you to pull out your prognosticating hat. And when you think about the future of education, um, how is this pandemic going to change what schools look like? And and maybe from a, either a short term or medium term, like the rest of this year, and then even out in the future, what do you think is possible for us? 
Well, you know, kind of like I said earlier, I think you're going to have more of an open style campus. You're going to have uh, more students uh, being remotely logging in. I was talking with one of my buddies earlier and I was saying, I, I think I see schools kind of going to this whole startup community kind of look, you know, I'm painting a hurry picture where kids can kind of go in, log in. There is a standby teacher that can kind of do their work, submit it because the world is changing. People realize that you don't necessarily have to be in school from uh, eight to five or eight to four or eight to two, because, you know, that kind of mirrors the workday. So we've used it kind of as this daycare for for kids. Well, Mm -hmm. now they can learn anywhere, anytime. I really see that. We've always kind of flirted with that for the past few years and having kind of self-paced, but I really see now that some kids are thriving and it's not for everybody. I guess going back to my uh, five-year-old, six-year-old, she needs to be in school. Kindergarten, you need to be in school. You need a teacher there, you know, but I can see in the upper grades, definitely students having that flexibility to determine, hey, I want to be in school for chemistry, but you know what? I'm really good in math. So let me, um, you know, do something virtual. So I definitely see those things happening. I'm going to throw a curveball at you because I had a conversation with somebody today who wants to become a teacher, but can't live in the area where their, uh, where their same school system is. So they, they actually, they just want to travel. Do you see that this also opens up more opportunities for teachers and administrators to teach and uh, administrate virtually? Oh, definitely. I mean, this is the perfect time for those teachers to become that virtual teacher. As I mentioned earlier, you know, you're talking about teaching a foreign language. Now you can have the opportunity to have a teacher teaching wherever they are. And schools are more accepting of that now because they know that's a possibility. Students have the devices now. And as I mentioned earlier, we're working on the connectivity component. So that is going to be probably the next big thing as you start seeing coming down the line, an influx of that whole virtual teaching space. You know, we were talking about in some places, charter schools. You know, that's a touchy subject depending how uh, where you are. But I mm-hmm. see having the virtual as a way of now providing options for kids because that's the biggest thing being able to provide options for students and so having that virtual way of teaching is going to give parents and students those options that they are requesting and the school district can still provide the other wraparound services that not all virtual can so there's a great benefit to that i mean and still getting those uh fte dollars that that are so important to the schools because you know once those kids like leave and go to other platforms you know schools are really concerned about losing that those dollars to educate those kids and so by Mm -hmm. providing those virtual options those students will receive this district will still receive those dollars to support that student and as you mentioned give those wraparound uh supports that they um, desperately need as well well you come across as an advocate for students and and I'm going to uh, ask what you would like to advocate for in our industry in education thinking about that that big picture and to support the needs of all students. So if you, any, any, anything you want to change in our system, what would it be? You know, I, I just want a d- diversity in our voices. I, I really think uh, we need to make sure we include our students and our parents in our, in our districts, in our conversations, because the school buildings stay around a whole lot longer than the people who built them. And so they stay in those communities and we build these, these structures and we put these systems in place at times without really talking to the people that are going to impact the most. So I definitely think we need more transparency and more conversations with our with our stakeholders. I mean, we use that term uh, a lot in education, you know, your stakeholders, your stakeholders. But, you know, we're just not a grill. They're not really holding stakes in their hands or hunting vampires. <laughs> you know, put a, let's put a name to them. You know, you're talking about your parents. You're talking about your business owners. You're talking about your students. Bring them to the table. 
table. And you know what? Kick the table over and build something new. I mean, that's how we really start making progress when we really and truly put a name to those faces and are having those conversations about what they want it to look like. I just ran across something that was really interesting. The superintendent was talking about how he was engaging his community and all the, all the stakeholders in their change process. And he's used something called Thought Exchange, which was a, a platform for basically crowdsourcing ideas on how to solve these big problems. And he said his community has absolutely rallied around the direction of the school. And I, I, I know a lot of superintendents and administrators are feeling pushback. So um, when he said that, I thought, you know, that's an idea worth sharing. So um, yeah. it's, there are neat things coming out of this. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that. And um, I'm really interested in, uh, I think my superintendent, we were having some conversation about using Thought Exchange. So, you know, definitely there's resources out there that can be utilized to get, to get everybody at the table. Yeah, yeah. Neat stuff. So finally, you know, thinking through thinking through all of the situation that we've been through, loss and tragedy and uncertainty, but there are still good things that are happening for, for students and for, for teachers. There's innovative things that are happening, and you've already uh, alluded to that. So when you think of the silver linings in this equation, what are those for you and your students? Well, one thing that I can say, and this is a personal thing, and I think it's, it's impacted a lot of people, the fact that with everything that's happened, it has gotten us out of our routine. I was talking to my wife and I was like, okay, we were getting up, getting the kids ready, going to work, getting home, getting them fed, bathed, and then maybe spending a little time with them going to bed, wash, rinse, repeat. You know, that was every single day. But when everything stopped and we had to go to our houses and stay, it gave us a chance to kind of reconnect and to say, wow, there's more to my life than this wash, rinse, repeat cycle. And so it also then opened up people's opportunity to become more creative. I've seen so much content that has been created by kids and by students, by parents, whether you're talking about stuff on TikTok, uh, where you're talking about, <laughs> you know, uh, YouTube channels and everything else. So, I mean, that's the thing in, in education that we have the opportunity to do is give the give our students that opportunity to not only become consumers of content, but creators of their content and, and, and to open up new avenues and new doors to them. So I definitely think the one thing that's come from this pandemic is definitely having people take kind of take the, bl- the blinders off and seeing that there's more to their their life than the daily routine and to create and share and really connect with each other. So that's that that's that's my little silver lining on everything that's happened out of 2020. Boy, and haven't we found that relationships matter, whether it's students and parents and teachers and administrators, those relationships really, really matter. Yeah, I mean, and definitely, like we're saying, with everything that's going on today um, in the world, those relationships are going to matter to bring everybody back together and realize that we're all we all are here. We all need to move forward and we all want everyone to be successful. So that's so essential with what we do in this world. Well, that is the perfect way to close us out. Adam, I want to say thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really interesting conversation, and it's so helpful to hear what is working well uh, with districts and leaders and educators like you. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. Our pleasure. So um, is there a place where people could find a lo- uh, more about you and your work? Sure. You can check me out. I am pretty active on uh, Twitter at AskAdam3. Also website as well, AskAdam3.com. Um, I'm always pushing out some stuff and always looking to connect with people out there that are doing great things. 
They sure are. And we're crowdsourcing and we're solving these problems. Adam, thank you again. We appreciate you joining us. And our Opportunity Thrives listeners, thank you for your time today. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would love to hear it. And if you could take just a minute of your time and share your feedback on our show by providing a review, either on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever platform you use. And please reach out to us with any questions or comments at info at opportunitythrives.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we will see you next time.